Today's episode of Control-Walt-Delete was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Start building your website today at squarespace.com, and you can enter offer code WALT at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Hello, and welcome to Control-Alt-Delete, uh, a new podcast from The Verge. I am Neil Apatel, I'm the editor-in-chief of The Verge. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, Walt Mossberg. Hey, Walt, how's it going? It's going great, Neil. I feel like I just went with new this time around. I'm still... Yeah, I, you know, I noticed It's like that. we got to go into 2016. Once we've like gone through a, a year change, then I'll be like, a podcast from The Verge. I don't know. All right, okay. Every day, uh, every day I, I worry about this, every time we sit down to start the show. If that's your biggest worry, <laughs> you're, you're in great shape. But I, I do have to say something. Yes. I have to say, happy birthday. Oh, my God. We are recording this on your, I think, 65th birthday, is yes. that right? Yes. Uh, well, it's uh, 67, but you know. Um, no, okay. I'm, I'm just an old, I'm an old guy now. Yeah. Um, I'm getting up there. I'm finally getting some maturity. Uh-huh. I feel as though I'm at the age where I should buy a white sports car. That's kind of how I f- I'm looking at it. Uh, well, that's more like 45, I think. <laughs> but at least that was my experience. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, did you buy a white sports car at 45? No, I bought, but I bought a a, a blue uh, Mercedes convertible around then. Oh man, not right. not the big Steve Jobs two hundred fifty thousand dollar <laughs> one. It was. It was like a $50,000 one. But there you anyway. go. Well, I need something to look forward to. All right. that's I'm, I'm pinning that on the calendar. Time to buy blue Mercedes convertible. Really, Walt, what I'm trying to do here is recapitulate every decision that you've made. So, <laughs> so I'll be moving to D.C. soon. I'm moving into the house right next yeah. door to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're what? You're, you're, there's plenty of there, – there are trees here. There are a lot of trees where I live, so – yeah, it's you'd, true. You'd have to get used to that. Yeah, out of New York and in, <laughs> into nature. What are these things? Yeah. Um, anyhow, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it we've. Um, this is how dedicated I am to you. I, I came in on my birthday. I was completely at home, surrounded by friends and family. There was a huge party, and I said, you know, I got to go to work. Bullshit. That's, That's bullshit. Completely not right. happened. At all. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say, Walt started trolling me in Slack at seven thirty this morning <laughs> on my birthday. It's a great, great, great start to the day. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, we should get into it. It's a, I think, Walt, you wrote this week about um, the most complicated thing to solve from sort of a science and engineering perspective in the tech industry, um, but the, like, the most important thing to solve. And I, 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 I think your column made an interesting point that we're actually – it's so hard to solve that we're changing – kind of the world around the problem and and the problem is battery life and the problem is right batteries are not getting better as fast as processor speeds or memory capacities or any other the other piece of the tech industry that we're so used to getting better constantly they've actually remained kind of static absolutely and it's and it's basically i know i talked to some battery experts because i am not one uh, and I said, w- w- what's the deal here? I mean, ev- everything on my laptop, on my phone, on my tablet has gotten like just orders and orders of magnitude better. And the battery is, you know, I, I got different estimates from people, two or three percent better every couple of years. It's not like people aren't trying. Uh, and the answer I got was, look, the rest of your device is 
basically dependent on semiconductor advances, and those uh, follow Moore's law or have certainly. And so it's you know it's not like it's nothing or no work, but there is a there is a path there that uh, a smart you know chip designers follow, and that's what has given us all those benefits. But batteries are a chemistry and physics problem. One uh, person I quoted in the in the column uh, said, "You just have to look at the periodic table." I mean, <laughs> that's basically what we have to work with. So the current kind of battery that is in, I'm pretty sure every device everyone is listening to this on, is a lithium ion battery. Now there are various variations on it, but it's it's a lithium ion battery. And Sony first commercialized it in 1991. So um, what do companies like Apple and Samsung do? They engineer everything else in the device around it. They actually have a term in the industry that I didn't know before called battery budget. When they start designing a new thing, they have a battery budget. They want the thing to, to maybe not slip below the battery life of the last model or to hit some number. And they design everything else to preserve that battery budget. Yeah. And, and to me, that we don't think about it in those terms as consumers, or at least I don't. But the idea that literally everything else about a phone, for, say, is optimized around the battery, I experience that in the context of my battery doesn't last long enough. And right. so it's this constant never-ending trade-off. And I think, um, you know, last week, was it last week when Apple put out its battery case? Yes. Uh, that was like a really interesting moment when, you know, when I, when classic traditional battery cases in the market have just been like, here's the biggest battery we can shove into a plastic thing and like glue to the back of your phone. And now your phone will last two days. And what's really interesting to me is as uh, I've kind of like met a bunch of people in different industries, you can always tell sort of what kinds of environments people work in by how big their like Mophie is. So everybody I know who works um, in the music industry where they're always at concert venues um, and other places where the cell signal is constrained, they right. always have the biggest Mophies because right. their battery is just going. And by the way, a big Mophie is, a, is, is like a giant condom around your phone. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I love the company. I love the product. It has saved people, but it's a huge thing. Does Mophie the have phone. stock? Mophie's stock just tanked. Um, no, it is. It, they're 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 enormous, and every other kind is enormous. Uh, and then you look at Apple's, which is I think is just completely goofy looking. Um, and it's like they just added a little bit more battery life because they're so confident they've made the right choices about battery budget to begin with. So, well, they—I do have to say they—they they, in my years of reviewing things, you can hate them, you can love them for many other things, but they've been fantastic at this battery budget stuff. Um, right. Their products have ninety percent of the time or better uh, met or exceeded their claims and and been longer lasting than the closest competitors. See, I think met or exceeded their claims is kind of the the interesting piece, right? I mean, we should get into sort of the chemistry conversation because you did, you did some great reporting on it and talked to a bunch of people. But what is just the frame of this to me is the notion that 
um, the it's the it's like meeting the claims that matter, and like Apple sets pretty good targets on its devices, and everybody else doesn't meet their claims, so they get they get to get ahead because they they say ten hours for the laptops, and like the laptops get ten hours. But what's really interesting to me, and I think this is the central question, is like, why not make the phone a little bit thicker, or why not make the computer a little bit thicker and get radically increased battery life, and nobody. You know, inside of Apple so, so far has like really explained that trade off in meaningful terms to the consumer. And it's always interesting to me when that drumbeat hits me from the mainstream, right? So I think a bunch of nerds are always like, oh, they made it thinner again. Why don't they just keep it the same size and keep the battery big? And that's great. And now suddenly I'm beginning to hear crap, the iPhone 6, like the battery life isn't so great. And it doesn't last me through a day. And I wish it was thicker and had a bigger battery. And Apple responded by putting out a case. And that's the moment, I th- and you know, and the phone meets its claims. But that's the moment I think when the conversation about batteries is going to change, and the conversations about how much we rely on these devices is going to change, because they have to be with us all day long. Like, if I'm out at 8 p.m. with a dead phone, like I might as well just go home. Like, it, there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because what? Because you couldn't talk to somebody. I mean, you know, I couldn't talk. To, I couldn't even get home. I couldn't call an Uber. I'm just stranded alone in New York City. Um, it's like it's very interesting to me how how useless I feel. I was um, where was I? I was I was out. I spent an entire day out of the office the other day. And I got back to the office, and both my phone and my laptop were dead. Uh, and I walked into a room with our editorial director Lockhart Steele, and he asked me a question, and I realized I had literally no way of answering him. I was like, "Dude, I'm stupid. I'm so stupid without these things around me uh, yeah. to like pull up the information I need." And that. That's, you know, in your column, that's like the psychology of how we think about things is changing. Like, okay, well, we, it's harder to get capacity. What if we just charge them way faster? Well, that's the other really, uh, really interesting thing. Um, uh, and and just, just to close out the Apple yeah. uh, part, part of this, uh, one of the battery experts, uh, an academic battery expert that I talked to, uh, who has no says he has nothing to do with Apple at all. Uh, in fact, he's primarily working on car, you know, big, big power packs for cars and stationary storage of renewable energy. Uh, he claims Apple has what he he used this word a very robust battery oper- battery design operation, in addition to just you know designing stuff around the battery. Uh, so that's just a tidbit yeah. I throw I throw in here. So so psychology. So I, I you know a p- big part of this column it, it, is okay. Um, we make very slow progress on uh, battery chemistry and battery physics and getting the, the 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 capacity of the battery between charges to be dramatically better. It has to be dramatically better, I think, to make a real impact. But what if we change the psychology so consumers knew that if they ran out of juice or were about to run out of juice or just, you know, were maybe halfway down and wanted to top it up, they could do it in a matter of a few minutes, mm-hmm. not not 30 minutes, which is very good. For, you know, if Samsung has a charger, for instance, that does 50% uh, charge in 30 minutes. That's good. But there's a company, and there, there are a couple of companies, I think, uh, but I only know of one, uh, it's in Israel. It's called Storedot, and they are working on on this idea of um, uh, 
in five minutes giving you eight to 10 hours. Yeah. And uh, there are problems with it, but it they claim it involved them redesigning the innards of the lithium-ion battery with what they call organic materials. They I, I don't know any more than that. And developing a both a new kind of charger and a new kind of connector. And that with those things in place, if they could get a, a smartphone partner um, – you would be able to plug it into sort of a, their latest design is sort of a cradle uh, charger. In other words, you plug that into the outlet, you plug the phone into this cradle, and in five minutes, you would have eight to 10 hours. And so the idea is you get rid of the sort of range anxiety, battery anxiety, not by hoping that someday there'll be a breakthrough and we'll get a seven-day battery or something. But by saying, hey, you know, you're just going to have to take a few minutes out of your day every X hours and you'll be good. It's like the new smoke break. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You know, it's like (laughs) I got to go outside and charge. (laughs) That'd be great. I mean, and that but that like creates economies. right? Like I was reading the column last night when when you're talking about the change in psychology and I had never really thought about it that way because – you know, you go to airports and everyone's clustered around um, the wall outlets or you can pay to charge. Um, every airport sells pre-charged batteries now. Um, they're all garbage. I have like 400 of them in my house. Uh, they're yep. all too expensive. Um, then they, they all have the same design. Like, do you ever – this is a tangent. But you know how like sometimes there's one particular knockoff OEM design that comes out of China that suddenly everything is that design with like, oh, different yeah. logos sure. on it? I yep. always want to find like the first one. And just like meet the guy who was like, you, you know, you designed this lipstick battery. Do you feel great that like everyone has them now and like every company gives them away in swag bags? Uh, it's such a weird phenomenon. He might. He might or does he even know rich. that like it's like holiday party mm-hmm. season at NYC and like literally, you know, you go to every party and like you get a free little crap battery that half a charge. And it's like, why do I have this? I have 10 of them. I um, know. But that's what, but that's the thing. Like I, I was literally I was walking down the street here. It's you know it's obviously the holiday season, um, and guess jeans was if you buy a hundred dollars worth of jeans, you get a free USB battery for your phone, which is just an, which has got to be a terrible. It's terrible a, it's an awful deal, but it's like and you know and the the sign outside. I should have taken a picture of it. The sign outside was like you know it was like a guess model like holding a battery, and it was like what world have we lived in when like. Battery anxiety is like hitting, hitting the mainstream like mall shopping holiday culture, and that that so the idea that like we could change how we interact with each other by saying it's now acceptable like stop for five minutes and plug in your phone and bail, um, that's really interesting to me. The problem, uh, and you mentioned this too, is that this company has to convince every other company to put their batteries in their devices, and that's a that's a long road. And the the device it's right a- now is like fairly large. It's it's fairly large. Uh, in fact, last year uh, they brought to CES uh, a, a, an earlier model that actually only took one minute. You got like a little less time. You got six, seven hours, but still in one minute, fairly amazing. And they had a an app that showed the charge, you know, and how quickly within the minute it went up. It got a bunch of coverage. Uh, but the charger was this big fat cradle that went around the phone and uh it was just it was just too big so the ceo who i talked to uh who is uh you know 
a PhD, claims to have 20 PhDs working with him <laughs> on this. Oh, I, I mean, thought you meant he, he claimed to have 20 PhDs. I was like, wow, he's busy. No, no. no. <laughs> way, more, way more accomplished than no, me. No, only the Verge staff has to have 20 PhDs. <laughs> <clears throat> so he, you know... Uh, so that was uh, that was called the I don't I don't know why but that was called the X100 I guess because it, I don't know uh, this year he has the X20 it takes yeah. five minutes you get a couple of more hours but it takes five minutes and you know he'd rather it took one minute because that's a cooler claim but yeah. he'll take five minutes if somebody will put it in their phone interestingly Samsung Ventures is is an investor I don't know who the others are in his company but. I said to him, so does that mean Samsung is committed to doing this? He said, no. One thing has nothing to do with the other. They're an investor, but that doesn't mean Samsung's going to put these batteries inside their phones. So, But there are other companies trying to do this. I mentioned Samsung's flash charger, but Qualcomm, which makes, as you know, the processors in many Android phones, um, yeah. has in their chipsets uh, – a, a technology that they call, I think they call it quick charge, that they're, they're, they announced uh, in September that they will have, uh, I think also at CES maybe, uh, a demonstration of quick charge three or something, which yeah. they say will give you about four times the charging speed of a normal charger. Now that's, you know, I don't exactly know what that is, but it's faster. So it's in the same vein. The idea is if we can just make it uh, much more painless to recharge and much quicker, you know, it's, it will, it will help ease the, the problem. But I still think that it's kind of an incredible thing. We have all this amazing, semiconductor tech and screen tech, which is some of that is semiconductor too, of course. And, uh, you know, faster and faster phone networks, faster and faster Wi-Fi. I mean, all this entire infrastructure, the internet, uh, you know, gets better and more secure and more accessible in, in every way. There's internet of things devices, and they all depend on this technology, on, on this, on this, this component that is held held back by the the pace of evolution of normal chemistry and physics. Yeah, and I think that is to me like the it's weird to think of something that's so fixed that the whole rest of the world and culture has to evolve around it. Because everything else in tech industry is like mutable, right? It's you know, somebody asked me the other day, like, you know, if you think watches, smartwatches get popular, the screens will just get as big as smartphones. And, like, you know, my instinct to say is, well, no. And then I'm like, eh, there's a chance. Like, yeah, you know, there's you a chance know. we're going to wear six inch screens on our wrists. Like, I, who knows? Like, who knows what preferences and the markets will push us to? But then you cannot say, because, you know, that's like a good choice. It's, you know the culture and the technology is sort of influence each other. That is not going to happen. But okay, but, but, I get yeah, but, it could, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, it could. Yes, it, it, could. it could. Like the again, like the culture and the technology are kind of like back and forth. They, there's a dialogue between them, and they put they can push back and forth. I agree with, with you. With batteries, it's just like nope. Here's here's what you get, and like everything else has to change around it. And it's actually quite hard uh, for me to think of other pieces of the of the tech puzzle where that is the case. 
right? And everything else, like there are obviously clearly laws of physics. There's structural engineering to make things strong and rigid. And like there's, but all of those things get better and better and better over time or different choices get made to maximize different kinds of Right, like a solid block of aluminum can be made into a laptop. How many times have you seen that video? Yeah, exactly. And but I, I mean, which is not well, to mock well, it. I clearly, mean, you've seen it so many times that you now pronounce it aluminium. <laughs> I think that is I, that is what I, has been revealed. I may have done that on purpose, Neil. But, but, I, but, uh, but just to give an idea of how long this has been an issue and how long you've been talking about it, um, and I think in the context of what we're talking about now, which is like changing the culture around faster charging and all these companies rushing towards faster charging. You know, one thing we haven't talked about at all is wireless charging, um, which every year at CES promises to have a moment, and every year it does not. Well, um, because it isn't wireless. <laughs> That's the thing. It's inductive charging. Well, it's not well, like there are no wires. There are a few companies working on transmitting electricity through the air, and mm. we can talk about that if you want. Uh, but, yeah, but, but even like the, the What you're talking standard. about is not – that chi thing is not wireless. There's a wire. Right. It plugs into the wall. There's a pad or uh, of some kind, and it. The only difference is instead of plugging the cable into a port, you put the phone down on a special thing. That's all. Right. Which, and if so, you combine that with a quick charging, could get very interesting. But I, I digress. I'm just going to read the. It, I just want to. Uh, here's the context. We've been talking about how consumer behaviors are changing. How I, you know, I, I think everybody who like goes out, like, sees extra batteries everywhere, right? They're, they're, they have become a standard smartphone accessory, uh, and you can buy them in virtually... I mean, you can buy, I can buy them at Walgreens now, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, June 24th, 2009, uh, Walt writes a column about new MacBook Pros, and Apple makes the big controversial decision to eschew removable batteries for the MacBook Pro um, and seal them in, which... In the in the grand history of controversial Apple design decisions, ranks about a three, but in the grand history of laptop design decisions, like a nine. Right, a laptop without right. a removable Absolutely. battery uh, has nobody even thinks about such a thing. And so here, I'm just going to read these two lines. Um, uh, there's a dirty little secret about. This is Walt in, two, in June 2009. There's a dirty little secret about removable battery laptops owned by average consumers. Hardly anybody buys extra batteries. Research firm MPD estimates that fewer than 5% of consumers buy a spare. So a small trend has begun in the industry. More electronic products are being designed with their rechargeable batteries sealed inside. And then uh, a couple paragraphs later, Apple says this makes sense because sealing in the batteries lets the company make them larger without adding heft to the laptops. The two new models are the same size and weight as their predecessors, but battery capacity has grown by 33 and 46%. Now, I read that. And that's six, what, six years ago, seven years ago, depending on yeah. your own account. Um, we're about into the new year. I read that, and I'm like, this is the exact opposite of the moment that we're in right now. When the batteries inside the things, we're trying to make them thi- – we're making everything thinner and thinner and thinner and holding the batteries at the same size in the phones. And that is causing consumers to buy tons of extra batteries in battery cases to the point where Apple itself – is releasing a battery case. And okay, so, we're talking about an entire psychology shift in how fast we charge them and how we can like build our lives around faster charging because the core problem of higher capacity, smaller batteries has not yet been solved. So you're right, but 
there's a couple of things here. First of all, let me just say, when you talked to a few minutes ago about the mainstream folks, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, recognizing this thinness versus battery life problem, um, I, I saw, I don't know, half a dozen tweets uh, today uh saying just that i'd rather have a thicker phone let's go back to the thickness of even the original iphone one of the tweeters uh, said <laughs> and uh if if that meant i could get better battery life now that's an if i don't know because the current iphone does a lot more than the than the original yeah. one uh, and the same by the way when we whatever, whatever we're saying about iphones goes for yeah. samsung galaxies and Xiaomi phones, and I mean everybody makes thin phones, and is trying. In fact, there are phones thinner than the iPhone. Right, and, uh, and, and on the flip side, one of the Android phones that people have asked about the most in you know the past few years of me is the Droid Turbo Max, which is this like huge brick of a phone that can like go for two or three days. Right, but those people, I mean, uh, uh, when I reviewed that, I said, look, this is first of all, it's got the same ugliness issue as this Apple battery case. It's got this big <laughs> bulge. But but the other, you know, the other thing about it is it's really if you asked Moto, I think they would tell you that uh, you know that this is meant to and or Verizon, this is meant to appeal to people who like you said earlier in the podcast have particular battery problems either because of their profession or their location you know their their look their phone is constantly trying to ping a cell tower this is pretty common in new york because of the mm-hmm. the skyscrapers um when you move here neli it'll get a lot better <laughs> for you that house uh, next doors to you man it's looking really yeah, good because dc has a height limit on buildings but oh, um you know the 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 droid turbo max and the other they had earlier models like this uh, I remember testing one that claimed a 20-hour-plus talk time, and I set up this robotic te- uh, test where I used a landline to dial into the phone and then played, like, music to simulate a conversation. No, not music, an audio book from a laptop next to the landline phone and another laptop next to the to the, to the the <laughs> droid so that it would have – because I didn't want to – I couldn't talk to somebody for 20 hours, so I had, I had computers talking over the phone connection, and actually, it actually exceeded its claim on talk time. Of course, you could argue voice isn't all that important compared to how it was in those days, but, you know. So, um, when Apple sealed in the batteries on the on the MacBook Pro, and now, of course, Almost every la- I think every laptop I see these days is, is sealed batteries. What they meant, it was a little bit. It wasn't cheat is the wrong word, but they they grabbed an interesting opportunity because they did not have to increase the thickness of those laptops because the when you have a removable battery, you have to take up a bunch of space. You have to create a cavity in the in the laptop, but that cavity isn't 100% filled with the battery because there's safety and thermal issues. You have to put a case around the battery, which you don't have to do. Inter- you know, internal batteries in these devices don't have cases like the AA batteries you buy in the drugstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the case takes up a little room. You have to have a little door or cover. You have to have a little snap or hinge mechanism, whatever it is. Um, all of those things took up 
a certain percentage of space that they thought they could fill with uh, batteries uh, that were sealed in, that did not have to be encased, that did not have to have, you know, a compartment or a door or anything like that. And that's what they did. And actually, it worked. Yeah. And I and I think they were proven right. You know, it's inter- I never think, oh, man, I wish I had an external battery for this laptop. And that... You know the laptops; they're all they, they're all at ten, twelve hours now, and it's interesting. Again, the chips have gotten more efficient. Apple's right, there, there was a there was a moment, and it wasn't just Apple, although Apple happened to be, I think, one of the very first to take advantage of it. About two generations of Intel chips, and there's one a year, so I'm two, three years ago. Uh, uh, they came out with a with a processor called uh, Haswell, mm-hmm. and Haswell had a offered a 50% increase in battery life. Uh, it was just that much more efficient. So that was the big break on uh, laptop laptop battery. That's how we got to 10-hour laptops. So, I mean, I'm looking at your uh, Vio P review from uh, February 2009. You've got the Streak 7, 2011. Uh, the Vio P, you're like, I can't recommend this sleek machine because it is very slow and has poor battery <laughs> life, which, by the way, might be one of the harshest reviews you've ever ever levied um and then the streak seven the dell streak seven poor dell they were so ahead of the game with these screen sizes and the products are so bad um the streak seven conked out after pathetic two hours and 10 minutes of watching movies um dell says its target audience will use the streak seven plugged into wall outlets (laughs) so i don't know what i don't know what dell was thinking about its tablet plan but i mean two hours the vio got two hours that was our old expectation and now four hours was a good expectation for uh, an older 15 inch laptop and now we're we're consistently at 10 so like i think with laptops we've hit a place where people kind of understand and they're comfortable you know, yeah, I think I don't think people mind plugging in their laptop every night. And there's a lot of people that don't mind plugging in their phones every night. But phones and laptops are different in our lives, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you, you are, your anxiety about running out of juice on your phone is much higher, I think. And uh, and and there's just uh, there's just uh, I don't happen to be one of these people. My iPhone 6s will get me through the day. Every, it's a very rare day when it doesn't, but um, there's lots of people who every day they have to plug it in somewhere in the, in the middle of the day. So that is the much more urgent issue. Um, you know, there's another old column I think you have there. Uh, it was the first 4G phone in the United States. But oh, the Evo. The Evo. and Yeah, I do, I do have it. Yeah, so I... Was the word I used there about the battery life alarming or something? Yes, uh, I'll read this one. Evo 4G review, and by the way, this is like a greatest hits that we're reading. What was the what was the date of that one? May 2010. Um, I mean, these are all category inventing products, basically. Yeah. Right. The Streak Seven was the first tablet of that size. The Vio P was the first kind of it was it was basically a premium netbook before that category turned into. Actually, I think it turned it. It was a progenitor of things like the current MacBook, the gold MacBook, um, and then the, the Evo 4G was among the first 4G phones in the United States. Uh, Walt reviewing it in, in May 2010. When using the four, when using 4G, the Evo's battery runs down alarmingly fast. <laughs> in my test, it didn't last through a full day with 4G turned on. The carrier, which is Sprint, 
is thinking of advising users to turn off the 4G network access when they don't need it to save battery life. <laughs> this is crazy to me. Well, it's like saying we think our customers are going to use their tablets plugged into the wall. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, bonkers. the PR people have to say something. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. <laughs> that Evo, that Evo, it, it was, uh, it was, I mean, Sprint, everybody thinks of Verizon as having uh, 4G first. They had LTE first, but there yeah. was another kind of 4G called WiMAX. Uh, a lot of our readers or listeners may remember this. And uh, WiMAX was a... a Technology that was a, turned out to be a dead end for Sprint, but Sprint jumped in. They were, they had it in. I think at the time I wrote that column, twenty some odd cities. Their kind of main test city, the one where they had put the most uh, 4G towers, was Baltimore. I live in yeah. Washington D.C., so it wasn't hard for me to go and spend the day in Baltimore testing. And so I was in an area with the best possible signal conditions on this HTC. It was an HTC, right? The Evo, I think. Yep. And yeah. I could see the battery indicator. I mean, I could see it dropping. <laughs> and I probably understated it there. I, I you know, I, I wish I could go back and edit it better. I don't know. Well, I think I think we tore. I, we were, I was at Engadget at the time. I remember. I remember the hype in the the sort of gadget blog world about this phone, and then just deflating it with the reality. And you know, that's. It's interesting that, you know, back then it was just 4G. Nobody had started lying about what 4G was. Sprint was first. And I, I will tell you, I think the story of Sprint is actually related to this huge gamble on WiMAX, right? They spent over a billion dollars building out this network on a technology dead end when the rest of the world was going to LTE. As oh, you're 100% right. I completely agree with you. I and, mean, And I have never recovered from this mistake. No, and, it, and on top of it, they're like looking at the phone and the phone's like, doesn't last a day. And they're like, turn off this gamble that we made. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. But I think battery, when I think of average users, they may even be enthusiasts to some extent, but they're not super geeks. They don't necessarily care about all the specs, particularly now with smartphones. A lot of the specs are pretty similar. Uh, right. The one spec I always make a point of carefully testing and uh, or, or at least giving the reader some information about is battery because that's the, that you know they care about they, they want to know how thin and how heavy it is and of course the price but but the if you're thinking about technical specs battery life is the number one thing they uh, on their mind so do you do you think in you know we're we're cruising towards the end here but let me ask you this like just very specifically in regards to this battery case, do you think Apple is kind of admitting that they, they pushed it too far by releasing a battery? Or is, are they just trying to get some holiday sales? I think it's more the latter. Um, I actually I actually have not seen a groundswell like there was with, you know, when their antenna uh, yeah. gate thing happened or, you know, well, Bendgate was kind of completely fake and manufactured, but... I haven't seen a big uh, a big uproar about battery life on the 6S. And if you talk to them, they will insist, uh, not on the record, of course, because they don't <laughs> talk much on the record, but you know, they will insist that they are not being flooded with complaints. But they know there are some people who want more battery life, who are buying Mophies and things like that. They think... They, they thought, li literally, that they could do something that would, uh, you know... 
fit in more with their style. I think they certainly it's just the opposite. It you know kind of doesn't look Appleish at all. But that's the explanation I get um, for the you know whatever percent of people uh, need this. I will probably take some kind of extra battery case. Uh, Mophie or I, they sent me one of these Apple ones. I might take that to CES. Uh, most of our listeners don't go to CES, I assume. And yeah, but you know when you, it, it, it is an enormous trade show. But they a lot of our listeners might go to conferences and trade shows and concerts and other things. Certainly, they go to sports stadiums and these places. If you're if you're on cellular uh, or Wi-Fi, actually, it's I mean it's just very hard to for the phone to find a signal and that just that and, and and maintain it and that just drains the heck out of the battery but but let's get back to the main point yeah. somebody needs to to really invent this i mean i know that it would i'm sure elon musk is pouring money into it um in my research for this column i i found out that apple has been hiring away battery engineers from other com- companies maybe that's for their familiar products maybe it's for this car they're they're working on maybe whatever is done for one redounds to the benefit of the other i don't know they they might be separate problems they might have a lot of overlap so it's not like nobody's trying but geez um (laughs) can't we just conquer physics and chemistry and be done with it (laughs) i mean that's it right it's it's so it, it's like it's so frustrating we never talk about it like the tech industry has to do the the slow slog of like better and better physics and chemistry instead of the disruptive slog of what if we made a cheaper one that does 10 percent of what you want you know and then we'll just like build that one up um that is generally how you characterize disruption in the tech industry and it's I don't know. It that to me is is wild. Well, you, so I, you'll hear cl- yeah. you will hear claims about better batteries. Um, there's a there's a technology of or a, a, a process of using the the uh, uh, chemical graphene, I think it's called, to coat certain elements of the battery and make that better. And so there will be people claiming, you know, but it's still a it's still a variation on lithium ion, unless I can go a week. Unless I can basically forget about the battery problem, it isn't enough improvement. Right. I mean, maybe that's maybe we spend the next year in our reviews really harping on battery and saying it's time to get this better. Maybe we can push push those scientists faster. I, I doubt it. I, I think we are the ones who can push the scientists, <laughs> Nilai. Absolutely. If anybody can tell anybody. Let's, me, buddy. You know what? Watch out. Stanford, <laughs> Caltech, MIT, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon. The verge is coming. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking of CS, by the way, um, the listeners should know, Walt, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, and we are probably going to do a show from CES together. I'm counting on it. Which I think we re- we have a Verge stage, so we're doing the Verge cast every day from there. So we'll do a Control-Alt-Delete from the stage. So if you are going to CES and you're listening to this, please stay tuned. We'll have some timing around that stuff. Um, and then next week, uh, holiday week, a lot of people are gone. So no show next week. Week after, I might be remote. We're going to have to figure that one out. So worst case scenario, we'll be back with you first week of January for CES show. Um, but hopefully we can do a one show before that. Now, I don't know. Sure. I'll be on vacation. So Yeah, we'll have to fig- we're, we're going to figure out some timing. But next week, we're definitely off. The week after, question mark. But then we're definitely back 
live from the show floor at CES. Walt, by the way, hates going on the show floor at CES. So I am very intrigued to see his reaction. No, I just hate CES. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't mind the show floor more than anything else about it. I love CES. I I, I just I uh, to me it's the one place where it, you know, the announcements don't matter and Vegas is annoying and you know it's crowded and whatever. But everybody in tech is there and everyone in tech is trying to predict the future at that show for one minute. And that to me is very it's always very intriguing to just hear how everyone's talking about what they think is going to happen. And most of what they say doesn't come true. Uh, and that's most that's fine. How about ninety four point six percent? I mean, <laughs> you, we, we should we should dig up videos of the keynotes by Bill Gates oh, and other people from over the many years, which show future. You know, every, your house is filled with friendly holograms and it's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. You know, your 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 Windows laptop can you know cuddle you. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's. <laughs> it, I will say there is, but that spectacle and nonsense, I think, is what makes tech fun. Well, right? you it's, you well it's big sci-fi mm, dreams. You know. what we can accomplish. We we and can maybe we could talk about this on our. We should talk about it at CES. At CES, I think, because I, I, be I am on vacation. There's not going to be another one of these before uh, uh, CES. And, well, uh, next week, I guess, we'll have one. But um, no, no, no. Next week, we won't, because I'll be in. So, oh, you'll be out. So. I think we should – let's just agree to tell the listener there will not be another episode <laughs> until CES. But then we'll be live from the show floor. And we we'll can argue, an argue about CES. And finally, we'll have a disagreement because we disagree about CES. So that's perfect. Right. Uh, but that's great. Anyway, um, have a happy holidays, everybody. Have a good break uh, and vacation, Walt. Um, you too, you Eli. Merry Christmas. Um, yep. Everybody knows. I think people, listeners know we love, love your feedback. Please tweet at us. Uh, Walt is at Walt Mossberg. I'm at Reckless. Uh, leave us a review in the iTunes store. We also have other... Uh, great podcast. There's a Vergecast, uh, which I host on Thursdays, and there is What's Tech. Uh, What's Tech with Chris Plant, gotta tell you, just won a, a big award in its first year. Yay! Best, best of 2015, uh, as selected by Apple and the iTunes podcast team. So that is wonderful. Congratulations, Chris. And Verge ESP with Emily and Liz, also on hiatus for vacation related reasons until next year, but coming back, storming back in 2016. So keep an eye out for that. That is all. Walt, as always, thank you so much. I uh, just have to wish you and all the listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Awesome. Awesome.